0: This body has been done and felt so much that the story its journey through has found its meaning with the soul. Do we hide it? Do we heal it? Is it true? Does it define us? The eyes we hold has witnessed what was felt, transforming the mind and moving it back and forth between what's true, what's false, what's real and what's not. The inner workings, wanderings, and wanderings that we want to follow, finding that courage deep within to let go of what we've known and transmute what we've been holding. It's time to let go. It's time to heal our bodies. It's time to hear, listen, and feel the voices of our body. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Voices of the Body, to podcast. My name is Love, Ashley Elaine, and I'm gonna be your guide as long as you keep choosing me as we journey through this big, beautiful thing called life, our healing, our stories, our journey, all of the things, all of the things. This episode, I'm so excited to share. First of all, this was my first live and in color, very live and very in color interview. So please give us some grace on the recording as we're learning to navigate just how to shift from, yeah, where we were to where we're trying to go. Um, also, I, this uh, this interview is amazing. I got to meet someone here in San who was a former monk, was well, now a former monk. He just disrobed as a monk uh, a month ago and I met him within the last month and we've had some great conversation and when he agreed to do this interview with me for the podcast I was like just blessed I'm, I'm so grateful to the yes so you know the vibes prepare your mind body and soul as we get into this episode I've been prompted to um, shift a little bit, um, not pulling away from meditation, but also adding in prayer. So I'm going to um, read a prayer that I wrote um, and shared a couple weeks ago um, at an event, but still allowing space for journaling, still allowing space for stillness to take in to allow anything that is being downloaded or communicated to you um, to take place. So find a comfortable seated posture. Maybe sitting on the floor, really grounding down through the tailbone, or even laying down, keeping the spine nice and long and flat onto whatever surface you're sitting on, preferably something still and um, even. And take a nice big inhale and exhale, feeling the shoulders come down away from the ears, feeling any heaviness release in the body. Taking another nice big inhale and exhale. One more nice big inhale. And as you exhale, option here is to bring the gaze down the nose or close the eyes completely if you have not moved into this space. And just allow the words to take part, to penetrate your heart, your mind, your body, your soul. We thank you for your protection and wisdom, for your divine orchestration, for your plans and provision, for the way you heal us and connect us, for you, for your consistency of love, grace, and mercy, for the forgiveness you give so freely and teach us to give to ourselves and others, for the love that is everlasting and ever-present surrounding us like an endless ocean. You are with us in us, around us, and always in manifested and omnipresent form, reminding us that we are never alone. We thank you for community, a curated space that you align, for healing connection and forward movement. Being present in this space, awakening what we each need individually, we ask for clean hearts, exposure of hidden agendas that are sent to harm us and distract us clarity of our truth and next steps and the invitation of the divine connections you know we need to carry with us through and after this space. Let our hearts be open to receive and transformation take place in our minds and souls. These things that we ask of you, amen, Ashe. It is so. So allow yourself to just stay here in this space, in this moment, really connecting with your breath, connecting with the words, keeping the eyes closed, drawing whatever, whatever needs to come near, to come near, to hold you, to touch you, to whisper what it needs to whisper to you. To give you what it is that you are needing in this space. Clarity. Lack of disruption and distraction. Shifting of the mind. Thoughts that are haunting you or not letting go. When you're ready, you can take your three rounds of breath. And even pause this recording here and allow yourself to stay still a little longer. Invite a little bit more of what needs to be invited. Journal what needs to be released. And we will be right back. Listen, listen, listen. I'm excited to finally say out loud. After five years of sitting on this title, after five years of just trying to understand what God was doing when he dropped this in me in the middle of a therapy session, Married to Trauma, the book and the workbook is finally out. Yes. Amazon said, girl, we not waiting we know you've been waiting, but we're not. So you can order um, uh, on Amazon the print copy of Married to Trauma, the book, which is my story, my journey. It gets a little saucy. It gets a little saucy. I don't use no names. So y'all can go ahead and it's not a telenovela. It's, it's, it's my story, right? It's a book full of free verse poems I just got creative with it, right? You'll enjoy it. It's powerful. It's impactful. Sometimes I read back at some of it. And I'm like, my God, girl, yes. And then Married to Trauma, the print copy of the workbook. The workbook is for all of you, right? I love a good workbook. If you remember Release and Rise, the behavioral health workbook, thank you all that supported that part of my journey also. The Married to Trauma workbook is so much more in-depth. It's a compilation of, you'll see when you get the book, but it breaks down the book, but in a way for you to look at your own marriage, right? What are you married to? What patterns and behaviors have not shifted because you haven't even realized that they're there, right? So go to amazon.com because I know all of y'all got Amazon. You probably got Amazon Prime too, and this is not a plug for Amazon, but my book is on Amazon Go to Amazon.com, type in Married to Trauma, and you will see the book pop up and the workbook. It is available now. The Kindle edition will not be available until uh, October 4th, 2023, but it is on pre-order as well as if you go to BarnesandNobles.com. Married to Trauma, the print copy and the, the workbook print copy is on pre-order and will be shipped out October 4th, 2023. I'm so excited for this. It's, it's my story, y'all. It's my story. It's my story in the funnest way. Are you ready to meet the true you? and welcome back to voices of the body um this is a fun episode so excited i am sitting here with mr adan um he has such a beautiful story and we started chatting a little bit um so natural so natural to like sit and talk to you and i love that you were like uh, maybe we should start recording <laughs> <laughs> so please introduce yourself to us mr adan
1: so, I just finished a period of 10 years as a Buddhist monk in Thailand mm-hmm. and um, then the first thing that I, that I did was to come to Cambodia for 3-4 weeks just to understand how to reorganize myself financially.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: As a monk I didn't have a bank account, I never charged for any help that I gave to people mm-hmm. and I'm also a psychologist in my profession. And so um, what brought me to Buddhism and to become a monk was uh, a great deal of suffering mm. since a very young age. I was uh, feeling depression and anxieties, and I went to psychologists since a very young age. Mm-hmm. And just uh, to, to find myself at the age of 30, after a breakup, a breakup that I actually wanted to happen Mm -hmm. uh, falling into the most severe depression that i ever had with suicidal thoughts on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and uh, now i'm very i'm grateful for that time because unless i would have this uh, slap on my face this awakening call um, i would never take the step to try to heal myself Mm -hmm. like what i've done now and um, these 10 years as a monk were really valuable and yet when i'm telling it to people people usually think oh yeah it was probably awesome <laughs> and yeah we've been in the most exotic places and so yes when you imagine those things then usually it's like this but it was uh, very tough mm. because being a monk in the way i in the tradition that i was in mm-hmm. and meant that i was practicing meditation every day from morning till night and i was suffering depression and anxiety so now i had to suffer it by myself without all the social connection that i had back in israel Mm -hmm. and uh, had no job or even the communication i didn't have the same language as the monks around me who Mm -hmm. are thai i could only speak with my teacher who spoke english so there was lots of loneliness accompanying this a uh, very difficult first two and a half three years mm-hmm. up until i started seeing big massive changes yeah. uh, so mm-hmm. now <coughs> my my aim and my goal in the last uh, couple of years mm-hmm. was to use every opportunity that i can in order to spread this wisdom that helped me so much in my life mm-hmm. with other people and mm-hmm. so the Corona was uh, for me it was very uh, good period of time. I found myself in on the last flight. I knew it later mm-hmm. on the last flight to my country to Israel. Then I landed and they closed the borders, mm. and then I spent the next one and a half years at the same house with my parents. <laughs> and this is something that uh, I. R- highly recommend everybody to
0: try (laughs) I not for me (laughs) at this big age Uh, it it really
1: it really tests your borders and uh, your level of enlightenment
0: (laughs) oh I love that Um, I love So thank you for, like, diving in, right? Because, you know, just where we were going with conversation earlier is definitely the depths of where I know we'll go again. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important just to reflect on how you spoke about just just the, the trauma, the pain, the suffering, the depression, the anxiety, all the things that you were experiencing before, coming into buddhism bec- before co- becoming a monk right because that's where a lot of people there's this point where it's like okay I'm t- I'm I'm tired of it right I'm I'm sick of it I want something different what was like what was that moment like for you and how did you get to the space of deciding that becoming a monk was next
1: i think that the uh me several months mm-hmm. it's like when i feel many times that people approach me only when they are already lost most hope in their life or all hope and yeah. then they approach me mm-hmm. very rarely somebody comes to me in a very good mood and tells me hey i would like to study mm-hmm. uh, people usually come when they are broken mm-hmm. and so yeah. i also had that i uh, even even though i was practicing uh, Vipassana meditation and Tibetan Buddhism since I was 18 years old Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Uh, I was practicing two hours every day Vipassana meditation, what we call in the West mindfulness. And the tipping point for me was when I was suffering tremendously after this falling into depression Mm -hmm. and when I realized that oh my life Have been a continuation of depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. with some calm moments but I need to do something about that and to find a way to heal myself from it and so definitely that very tormenting uh, period of time of my life which which struck me like if never before Mm -hmm. really brought me to my knees Mm -hmm. and i remember one night i went to sleep and i was not i I am jewish in origin Mm -hmm. and uh, i was not religious but one day i went to sleep i got into my bed and i gave a prayer please take me away Mm -hmm. and if you decide not to take me away at least show me the way out and then i will I promise that I will share it with others and that will be my life mission mm. and uh, unfortunately or not unfortunately I woke up the next day yeah. and I did not have any solution yet at that time I didn't even have any idea what is going to happen uh, which actually makes you wonder how life is so surprising because I never thought that I would become a, blo- a monk mm-hmm. But then this idea of finding a solution and I was treated by... at that time I started being treated by uh, medicine against depression Mm -hmm. and I also went to a psychologist Mm -hmm. and uh, one of my colleagues and both both were able to help me Mm -hmm. but I was feeling so insecure from that happening again in the future yeah so i started investigating where can i become a monk in southeast asia mm. and and i think that what what this decision was when i realized that yes um, life here is the person who i am who continuously falling into these pitfalls will bring me more of the same so if i want to make a change this is the time not to wait up until i have a family and then i have responsibilities and then it's not so possible but to do it now Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so that thought brought me to the psychologist to talk about not how to get out of depression but how to leave everything behind and to go to the unknown Mm. which was a place like i knew i'm flying to thailand i just didn't know where mm-hmm. and uh, nobody gives you any guarantee that you will heal yourself
0: yeah. yeah yeah, that is like a lot of people I talk to that's the part that keeps them with the depression, the despair, the anxiety right, because they're things that, that are familiar right? they're things that they're yeah. already used to it's like well I don't know what's on the other side why would I why would I walk away from what I already know when I don't know what's on the other side of whatever this thing is that, you know, someone is telling me air quotes is in between me and whatever is next, right? So I always say that like it's it's a dance, right? It's it's really like looking at what where I am in this present moment, right, and I, I, oh my gosh, I'm so blessed by this conversation already, <laughs> because literally what you are saying, that was me before I came to Cambodia, Oh, wow. right, I had fell into such a deep despair, and then realizing, wow, like, I've been like this has been going on right even just like the book I have coming out all of that it's like I'm I I got into a place where I was realizing all of this has just been my life right Mm. I don't know when it started how it but I know I want it to end so that I can live the life that I desire right so it takes it takes having some kind of faith right to really say you know what I don't know what's on the other side, but I don't like what's on this side, right? <laughs> I don't like what's on this side. Yes, yeah. for sure. Um, and even, even like you said, um, you're, you weren't religious, right? And just one night you just started praying and the prayer was out of the depths of desperation, yeah. right? What does your prayer life look like now?
1: What do you mean? In
0: this? So, so, prayer life, um, do you find yourself able to, like, pray easier now? Do you find that to be something that is more healing for you now? Like a, like a practice, just like meditation, right? Yes. Have you now seen, like, the evidence of prayer being something that it's, like, okay what if i prayed a little bit more how would things also transform what would shift all these different things
1: mm-hmm. yeah so so first of all my prayer time is actually vipassana meditation mm-hmm. and i try to do it a minimum of two hours per day mm-hmm. and uh, two hours per day formally but then throughout the day even now when i'm talking yeah, i am in that state of mind mm. and I guess what you say in prayer is actually to use thinking and to think positively I guess Mm -hmm. and so if that's the meaning then I also do this so I say I try to say gratitude so there are two main things that I'm doing every day Mm -hmm. (coughs) as much as I possibly can one of them is called metta bhavana which means loving kindness Mm -hmm. and uh, the second one is called the Garuna Mutita, which is uh, being grateful and also being happy for other people's success. Mm-hmm. So my prayers or my thoughts are in those directions and I try to be aware of that and think about it. And here in Cambodia, I found myself so many times seeing people being suddenly getting good news mm-hmm. about something. And i thought to myself wow it's unbelievable this world is filled with abundance mm. because good things keep on coming and i'm trying to develop those kind of thoughts yeah. other than i mean th- these thoughts are better than oh he got it and i'm nothing for yeah. example yeah. so i always remind myself oh this world is abundance it's filled with abundance and there is enough for everyone more than enough mm. <coughs> so also loving kindness and gratitude for what i have so i also say these things that uh, i'm i'm fortunate and i'm surrounded by good things mm-hmm. now when i'm saying that i'm surrounded by good things you know i guess in in other religions that people will say that uh, they have angels protecting them or spirit of god or mm-hmm. these kind of things and I guess that it all works on the same area that we just look around us and try not to take for granted the things that we already have. Mm-hmm. So when I look around and I, ju- and I go around the streets here, I look at those people and fa- they, their faces looks totally different than mine. Mm-hmm. But when I look at them and I'm thinking to myself, oh, they are my brothers and sisters, then I immediately feel connected and I feel belong
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this when I do it with people I find myself very easily connected mm-hmm. and in those times that I don't do it I can immediately sense oh look I feel disconnected mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, I am trying to develop those kind of thoughts and curiosity mm. so I think this curiosity is connected to what you have mentioned, to go to the other side because I definitely don't like this side.
2: Yeah.
1: So to develop the curious mind is one of the bases on which Vipassana is, is standing, to be curious. Oh, I wonder what is happening now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so mm. these are the areas in which I do try to develop my, my thoughts.
0: Yeah, getting curious about what's present. Mm. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah. So once you got on that plane hmm. to Thailand, how did your parents feel? Did you, how did that conversation go? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so at that time I was just planning to go to meditation. Okay. That's it, I didn't, even myself, I didn't think that I'm going to become a monk. Yeah. I just knew that I want to stay in Thailand for around three years. And I didn't even imagine myself to be 10 years, and the time really went by so quickly. Mm-hmm. When I was meeting the psychologist, our conversations were about, and it's funny to say it now, but it's that was really the conversation. I was 30, 31, mm-hmm. and I thought, wow, most of my friends already have girlfriends, serious ones, yeah. and I'm going now to Thailand. I'll come back at the age of 34. Wow, I'll be so old. Who will want me at that age? Oh. <laughs> And I was feeling so afraid. Mm. And this, and it's funny, but this fear brought me to the psychologist because I felt that I needed to deal with these fears and other fears, which were very mundane, Mm. not spiritual.
2: Mm.
1: So when I told my parents that I'm flying, that was a very casual conversation. I'm flying to Thailand to heal myself. They already knew that I was suffering from the torments of uh, depression and anxiety for quite some time was yeah. already I flew after eight months eight months or 12 maybe one year maximum mm-hmm. since the moment I got depressed mm-hmm. <coughs> and my parents were supportive of me going there okay. and actually my parents my parents also were practicing meditation at mm. that time because I was practicing this meditation for 11 years prior becoming a monk, yeah. so my parents and my brothers went to those courses of meditation as well. Mm-hmm. But becoming a monk was not a happy occasion for some of my family members. Mm. And they, they thought it's not something which brings honor or respect or something to our family. Mm. And that brought uh, tension. And this tension was not talked about because with those people in my family, I just didn't talk too often at that time. But the funny thing is, was that when I came back after two years as a monk, then my family organized my first uh, lecture. And they came, they invited everybody they knew, and I gave my first lecture in front of all of these people. So since that moment, my family have been my outmost of supporters. Mm. So up until now, and uh, and so this is uh, that what happened with my family. Now mm. I'm in very good relations with my parents. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's always a challenge to live with one parents for a long time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But at the same time i can say that if i compare myself to 10 years ago Mm -hmm. where it was impossible for me to stay the same house for for long stretches of time Mm -hmm. now i can do that and i'm i'm enjoying that more and i understand also the value because one of the things that when we think about it you know in one of the prayers that i do like every weekend we have i'm doing these group seminars for free in Zoom Mm -hmm. through our website Mm idantopas.com and people come from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And the first meditation that we do just in the beginning is paying gratitude or developing gratitude because being grateful is is very important. Very. And then I start by saying gratitude to the masters and teachers because i'm very lucky to have the teacher and the master mm. and then gratitude to our parents who gave us this life and then what i realized that many people especially in the west we are brought up in a way that we think or we are brought up in a way and we are being educated that our parents must should and need to support us And if they brought us here, now it's their responsibility to take care of us up up until the end of our lives. Mm. Not their lives, but Mm -hmm. our lives. And this is totally the opposite in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. Because I remember my first conversation with a Thai person was when, like one or two days after I landed in Bangkok more than 10 years ago. And we talked about it and I was amazed. yeah, Because she said... I moved to Bangkok to earn money so that I can support my parents Mm -hmm. and my uh, family. I was like, what? (laughs) That is amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, something is definitely wrong. She is probably repressing something or suppressing something or something is happening here. Mm -hmm. But through these 10 years, I saw it again and again. They just had developed different way of thinking. And and you see it the best in the villages, not in the big, huge cities of Bangkok. Mm-hmm. So, I think this is a very important place where I give gratitude to parents, Then I can see that I really appreciate my parents now. Mm-hmm. The only people in this planet, and it's funny when you think about it, the only people in this planet who will do everything for me, no matter what, even if I said something that made one of them sad or angry or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have many friends. I had many friends throughout my life. But I can truly say that my parents were there next to me everywhere since I was born. Yeah. So when I think about it then now when I go when I will go back mm-hmm. and I will live next to them then I I feel like on the one hand, it's an honor that they want me so much to be close to them. I mean, how many people want us to, you know, how many people will do everything in their hand to come, not in order to marry us, not yeah. in order to get our money, not to uh, just come here and take our money. I mean, I don't know too many people like this in my life.
0: Hmm, that's my grandmother for me. There's there's moments where like things have just been like, Huh. and she's like just come on just come on While we'll make us some coffee I have food like you know it, it, whatever it is I need if she's got it she she offers it like that's so yeah I love that I love that oh that's awesome when at first when you left um, and now you're transitioning into becoming a monk you shared this information with your family and they had like their own little ruffle with it was it because of like religious reasons or spiritual beliefs like what was it that because everywhere around the world at least in the west maybe it's just a western thing we like think monks are cool (laughs) yeah right it's not even like a religious thing it's like Uh. how cool is it that they do this but then like could we do this right Um, So was it because of religion, or what was it like, just their own spiritual practices and disciplines, or...
1: So, it was mainly because of the unknown.
0: Okay.
1: What does it mean to become Mm, a monk? What does it require from you? Does it mean that you will never come back again? Mm. Does it mean that you will never marry? Does it mean that you are now distancing yourself from people who are not monks? those those kind of thoughts that we have on strangers yeah. and mainly on other groups mm-hmm. who are not our our groups so we can see it all around the world this when we are biased against other groups mm-hmm. we immediately imagine the worst mm-hmm. we usually never think oh that group which is so different than ours mm-hmm. are the best group and they are willing to help us Mm. i mean it's rarely happens in history yeah but um i think that's what happened in the beginning mm-hmm. and the reason why it's changed and i gave the lecture my first lecture uh, thanks to my family
2: yeah
1: was because one of my friends came to visit me and when he went back to visit to israel and met my parents he told them about the transformation about my Way of living
2: mm-hmm.
1: and suddenly they saw oh this is so normal there is i mean he is practicing he is eating he is talking to people mm-hmm. he hasn't gone mad or nuts or whatever <laughs> i mean uh, he's not uh, like a an alien suddenly okay that mm-hmm. sounds great mm-hmm. and and then there was more and more attraction to the meditation and to the spiritual practices that actually can help us heal mm-hmm and so this what happened <coughs> that helped to them to change and actually that understanding also changed me mm-hmm. uh, dramatically
2: yeah.
1: uh, I have been helping to people from all over the world mm-hmm. even now for pe- for those who do not know the politics of the Middle East <laughs> then living in, in the Middle East is a hot area and not only Weather-wise,
0: uh, it's it's hot. <laughs> yeah, it is hot. Yeah,
1: and uh, loving kindness does happen, but uh, not too much between nations. Yeah, and so I found myself helping people from neighboring countries, uh, like Syria, like uh, Jordan, like Egypt, and and also from the Palestinian uh, autonomy, or state. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, when they came to tell their story, now, obviously they saw, I met all of them in, uh, except of one, all of the rest came, they met me in Thailand. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I told them, listen, I want you to know that I am Jewish and I'm Israeli. If this is fine with you, I'll be more than happy to start uh, assisting you and take you on the same path that I am. Mm-hmm. And, and then I saw that when I just open my heart and share my own story, mm-hmm. feeling, emotions and thoughts, people feel connected. Because it's not about how I look and how I categorize myself. I am this religion, or I am that religion. Because when I talk about emotions, everybody have emotions and yeah. they can relate from that point mm-hmm. and so whenever after after my parents and family members were became became so supportive then I have never introduced myself to people as first I am this or I am that mm-hmm. but I always say I was suffering from and then I say the what I was suffering just like I've done here yeah because in that moment people oh yes is a human being and when we see the other person as a human being and again i go back to where i'm coming from the middle east when we see the other person as a human being suddenly the biases goes away very quickly
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and the more you (laughs) now i was in jerusalem Mm -hmm. i went to travel with one of my friends from europe about five years ago and you walk in jerusalem and you see so many Let's call it in a nice way, interesting people, <laughs> like from all over the world, from so many different religions, from mm-hmm. wearing things that you never even imagined people are wearing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I went to the Christian area, I think, or oh, was the Muslim? Uh, to the Christian area because the Jerusalem is divided to four uh, quarters. Mm-hmm. So we went to the Christian part, and suddenly there were. F- Five Muslim Arabs coming to me and my friend. Now, I was dressed up as a Buddhist monk Mm -hmm. and they surrounded us. I I, I didn't feel anything, any threat or anything. And one of them said, hey, tell me, why are you wearing this uh, skirts of a woman? (laughs) Now, I already realized in my mind that the best way for me to communicate with everyone. I'm just giving this as an example, but yes. this happened to me with so many different people, even Jewish people, even Christian people. People are people, no matter how they categorize themselves. Mm-hmm. But they see something which is out of the group, and then they either might feel curious mm. or other things. Yeah. And so the moment people ask me things, I'm asking myself, what is the quickest way for them to see me as a human being Mm. behind the shell of robes Mm -hmm. and so I thought oh I'm going to use my sense of humor (laughs) now I coming, I'm coming from the same area so I imagine that my sense of humor and that sense of humor can be the same more Mm. or less now I immediately said oh I look at your pretty eyes and I immediately understand that you either want to buy the same because you like skirts of women Mm -hmm. or you want to come underneath (laughs) my skirt for me to protect you isn't that right and all five of them started laughing so hard from and my friend when he heard it he he became angry Mm -hmm. how come they talk to me like this now he was from Europe and it it took me less than ten seconds to make this situation from a situation that could be unpleasant,
2: yeah.
1: and to a situation where, after less than twenty-five seconds, I started telling them them about meditation, mm. and it was so funny, mm. and it happened so many times. Yeah. So this I've learned from my my family that in the moment that if I want to feel outside of the group, then I need to. Promote myself as a group Or as a representative of something yeah. I am this, that But if I want to be considered As a part of a group member Even if I'm wearing other things But I'm coming from a different place Then I need to show my Humanity my hu- my What makes me a human being And that's usually my emotions
0: Yeah, oh I love that so much Because we We do tend to like quickly judge people right race um culture all these different things that really like they play a part in our makeup right i believe that when we're created we're created with intention right so you know the way you look your stature your eyes all these different qualities about you are meant to attract something somewhere wherever you are placed because you're unique you're different right and then there, there there's always such big emphasis on religion right like back home in the states i live in jersey um in new york pa like that whole area there's a very heavy heavy jewish community in north jersey and new york and just to hear some of the things that happen just because they're jewish mm just because they're Jewish it's not even like oh we had a conversation and it went left you know what I'm saying <laughs> like it's, it's never
2: yeah.
0: we were trying to get to know each other and we just disagreed to the point where like they disrespected me and it's, it's just because they're Jewish yeah. right it's just because someone is Muslim it's just because someone is a Christian right so it makes us tone deaf to anything else and I love that it takes great awareness to know that you have the quality to make people laugh, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. you do. Like just the times that we've been in the same space with each other, like the first time we met, I was just like, this this guy's got real personality, like, <laughs> you know? So to be able to think quickly, right? And that's a gift, right? To be able to think quickly and with wisdom, mm-hmm. to be able to say in like 0.2 seconds, this can go left because of what I'm wearing, whatever they're wearing, and then we're like that's already showing two different perspectives of just religion, right? Which that's a whole nother conversation, right? Yeah. But you allowed it to become a space of humanity, which is beautiful, beautiful because we all have a story, yeah. right? It it goes beyond religion, right? It's connection to divine into each other, right? When we connect, that's that's connecting divinely, right? When we allow ourselves to stay with an open heart, make each other laugh, right? Be honest and truthful with one another in that space, that's connecting to the divine also.
2: Mm.
0: That's powerful. That's so powerful. So how often were you able to go home?
1: So I tried to go after the first 2 years I went to the floor the first time. Okay. And then i tried to go every year okay yeah Mm.
0: and
1: uh, for me going back was a huge challenge Mm. i mean it was more challenge to go back home than to decide to become a monk Mm. because going back home meant that i'm going back to the same route where i was created with these depressions and anxieties and i was always afraid that it will pop up again. Mm. Now, actually, you know, when you have depression and anxiety, uh, then it can cop- pop up everywhere. It doesn't matter really where. Yeah. So I remember after my first visit, so, so my first visit, I asked permission to this meaning to live the monkhood life, mm-hmm. just for that time Yeah. one or two, for two or three months. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get a the permission.
2: Mm. They
1: told me, if you leave, then you leave and you don't come back. But if you go like this, then you come back later. Mm. So remember that I was still struggling with depression and anxiety. It was still in my blood. But then you know you go back home as something between a, a clown mm. <laughs> and a person who just uh, was able to climb the walls of the mental institution nearby home and run for his life and that is how I felt Mm. so these are not it's not of course it's funny when you think about it but it's also the reality that I was experiencing Mm -hmm. I went back and you saw people looking at you wherever you want wherever you went Mm. and your imagination told you that they think that you are a weirdo Mm. and this is so unpleasant to feel this Wherever you go, you feel that you are different, but in the negative way. Yeah. And it made me feel... Now, remember, I was after two years of training, mm-hmm. but it was so difficult. And then at the end of the first visit, something clicked. And I said, and I realized, hey, why? Wait, 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 wait. What's this? Dif- what are the differences between here and in Thailand? When you walk in Thailand, people also look at you because you are a foreigner monk. Mm. Mm. But then you are not looking at who is looking at you. You already take it for granted, so you just walk. Yeah. But here in Israel, you think that everybody are thinking, so you imagine that everybody are thinking that you are weird. Mm. And then you start looking around, you start searching, you use your time and make the effort to look around, To check who is looking at you so obviously you find Mm. a lot of people looking at you Mm. so it just reconfirmed your main idea that you are weird so maybe you can stop doing that Mm -hmm. so the second visit after a year i stopped searching for who is looking at me
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and then i by it was a miracle maybe (laughs) but suddenly (laughs) i didn't see so many people looking at me yeah and the third time, the fourth time, then after a few times, I, I suddenly realize that, hey, actually this is amazing. Mm. Whenever a person looking at me, there is a huge chance, especially in Israel, because in Israel people are less shy in other, than other places. Yeah. So in Israel, when people are looking at you and they feel, oh, this is unique or strange or whatever, mm. they approach you so suddenly i found myself talking with people strangers wherever i was going and making friends Mm -hmm. enjoying my time in conversation yeah and that was awesome so suddenly i felt like wow this is so good
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so from a place where i felt oh this is so bad it went out to be oh this is so good Mm -hmm. and now i bought these shirts like the one that i'm wearing now which is not so common to go in israel or in the western world yeah. but i'll show you some other one <laughs> that i bought that you will see oh it's downstairs mm-hmm. and I, I bought this is a traditional Khmer style where you go with to weddings or stuff like this mm. formal very formal things mm-hmm. and i bought one and i sent it to my friends I didn't get even one response hey this is so beautiful buy another one yeah most of the responses were oh this is great please leave it over there (laughs) 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 and it was so funny but then i decided hey i like it keep it so i kept it and i'm thinking oh maybe i buy some more yeah but it's because i feel that i don't really care anymore because i don't one of the things that I realize that I don't have is the supernatural power to know what other people think about me. Mm-hmm. Unless I ask them, if they look at me, it still doesn't mean anything because I don't know what they think. Yeah. So, if I don't know what they think, it can be either good or not so good. Mm-hmm. But there is no meaning in thinking about it because it's just a lottery. Yeah. And so, it's make, it is making things easier in life, mm-hmm. yeah. because mm-hmm. like this, when you talk to people, it's always coming, it, it's mostly, I don't want to say always because we are human beings and we are changing through the mood that we are having from time to time, but yes. mostly I start conversations from a place where, huh, another human being like me, mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah,
0: yeah. When did you become a psychologist?
1: Uh, I graduated at the age of 28, I okay. think. Yeah. So,
0: bef- before you became a monk. Yeah, before oh, I nice. a monk. Oh, nice. Okay. And what made you get into like psychology at that time?
1: So, I actually... I was a martial artist mm-hmm. since a young age, and then I flew to China. Mm-hmm. I wanted to become a master in martial arts Mm -hmm. and then when i got to china i started learning the language and then i realized hey i'm actually pursuing martial arts because i came from a place which is violent Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and i'm not a violent person Mm -hmm. i like to help people Mm -hmm. so this is not for me anymore oh wow yeah so actually china taught me that i don't want to be
0: isn't Indeed. that crazy? Mm-hmm. You step away from home to do something that you believe you were supposed to do and to find out it was like a defense mechanism. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow.
1: And then I came back to Israel and I was clueless about what I want to do.
0: Yeah.
1: I went to a psychologist because I was like in a crisis. I was pursuing martial arts since a, such a young age. I was imagining myself to be a, a teacher, a master And suddenly I don't even want to be that thing Mm -hmm. anymore. So what do I want in life? Mm -hmm. So I enrolled myself to university for my first degree Mm -hmm. in political science and Far East studies, meaning China. (coughs) And Mm -hmm. I graduated with honor. And then I thought to myself, okay, what to do next? Because all of my friends started working in companies. Back then it it was like the China boom for Mm -hmm. whoever knew Chinese and could make me- business yeah. over there. But for me, I felt like mm, this is not really what makes my heart uh, shine. And, uh, and so I went to India and Thailand to practice meditation. I was for nine months traveling between monasteries and meditation centers. Mm-hmm. And then again, when I bo- got back to Israel, I was like, okay, maybe I'll go to walk with my father. He, mm-hmm. is a tra- uh, he is a travel agency. Well, that can be nice, maybe.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And my father told me, listen, I'm not sure. So take a few, take some time, think about it. If you really want it, of course, you Mm come. And I'm happy that he said it because one day I was meditating and suddenly an imagination came to my mind that in that imagination, I saw myself helping one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I was like, wow, actually. I love helping people in conversations. Mm. After the converse, after the meditation, I started thinking, oh, listen, you love helping people so much in conversations. There is a profession which is called psychology. You, you went to many of those kinds, <laughs> you know, so maybe it's time for you. Right. But it was very difficult to make that decision because I was, you know, on the one hand, you can pursue the path of gold and money and go like my other friends to China Mm -hmm. that I didn't feel like I want to do, but money-wise it seemed like the best choice. Of course. And the other way, the other path was to start learning psychology, which is a very long process, Mm -hmm. so many years. So I registered after all, and I wanted to quit after one semester. I thought, "Oh, wow, that is going to be like forever." <laughs> and uh, I'm happy I stayed because mm-hmm. that was the best choice ever. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy, and I, I really see that I have a talent for this. And also, it's not. Some people say, "Oh, uh, psychology really affected you. You talk like a psychologist." <laughs> but actually, I see it the other way around. Mm-hmm. My personality, actually is a personality that loves helping people and i chose psychology i chose meditation in order to fit my personality to something that i can manifest itself myself in the world
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so i started to accept the fact that from time to time i mean i'm not getting paid for it but from time to time i'm talking with people in the street just for a couple of minutes and they already start to tell me the life story. Yeah. And I accepted, okay, this is how my life are, and I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's beautiful, right? Really allowing yourself to merge all the things that you enjoy, that you naturally do to like become you, right? Like it's like a puzzle, right? It's like I got all these pieces over here and all these pieces over here and I'm trying to figure out how they fit but I can see what the picture is, right, and then now you're, now you, like, you have psychology, and then meditation was already a practice, and then, like, discovering, you know, maybe even how it helped you, you know, in so Mm. many spaces, right, yeah, coming through your trauma, and that darkness, and, like, really coming to a place of, like, I need to get out, right, and then seeing, how psychology has helped you right how those therapists were be able to help you how meditation helped you so now to allow that to to really merge into like your work right your soul's purpose right i always say we do our soul work for our soul's work mm. right we have to do the work for us first to even get to a place where we can talk to other people and be like listen i get it i know right not trust me, right? We're not selling it, right? But but we are the walking advertisement for healing because we had to do the work. That's beautiful. So even now like so now you so we're so we're in the ten years of monkhood. (laughs) When you start so now you have like this background of psychology and now you're getting into the reins of becoming a monk. What did that look like like helping other people like while you were a monk
1: so it had these challenges Mm -hmm. because as a monk you help everyone by donation Mm. so you don't ask for anything in return Mm -hmm. and so in thailand it's very easy because people come and they they help you with clothes they help you with things that you need medicines and Mm -hmm. everything so they think about you Yeah. For me, helping others was always enjoyable. I mean, I really enjoyed that, and I was, I feel I w- I'm blessed mm-hmm. that so many people have been uh, coming to me through the years. I, I think I treated like hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's wonderful. It's really what makes my heart shine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but then I must confess that uh, when I went back to the West and I gave lectures in Europe and in Israel, <coughs> I could see that some people who came to me to one-on-one, and even, you know, even in the lectures, I thought to myself, wow, they come to me and they spent, like, like some, I had, the, I remember one time that was like, phew, it was really exhausting because that person came for from a very difficult Mm -hmm. and he stayed with me for the first time for three hours and the second time for two and the third time also for two hours, very long time Mm -hmm. every session and we were able to make a huge transformation in him in in that time Mm -hmm. and even though he had money wise Mm -hmm. a lot the friend who referred him to me came to me one day and told me, listen, I, I want to donate for him. I know that he didn't give anything.
2: Hmm.
1: And I think that I found myself many times helping people from the West mainly mm-hmm. who didn't give anything in return. Mm. And then it helped me a lot because it really helped me to see what is the intention? What is my intention? Why am I doing what am I doing? what am I, Why am I doing what I am doing? Yeah and I realized that I actually enjoy helping people mm. so for me that helped me a lot because then I thought to myself you know what, seriously I don't care if people give or don't give I'm, I'm helping because I'm enjoying the process of helping I was brought here probably because of this Yeah. and so I can just give an example that a few days ago um, so, so now I'm making the transformation from a monkhood life and into a layperson life mm-hmm. and in, as a layperson I need to pay to people <laughs> people want payment right. especially when I need to eat something and I buy it yeah <laughs> so it's totally different than yeah. when I was a monk so I need to get to, to create my own livelihood and that I need to do through my work Mm-hmm. So, I have decided that everyone who comes to the group meetings uh, where, in which I teach meditation give give talks about uh, how to live a better life, mm-hmm. giving tools, and then we have a discussion with the community so creating a community those things will con- will con continuously be on donation based That means that people can give as much as they want, and if they don't feel they can give now, okay, no problem yeah because I feel I want to help people. That's my aim. Mm -hmm. And then the other things of one-on-one, then on this, uh, uh, there will be a price so that I can leave. Uh, And then a few days ago, uh, one of my best friends uh, called me and told me, listen, one of my old friends uh, from South America uh, just got a... Default, not default, broke up with her boyfriend
0: divorce or
1: yeah and uh, now she is she is in a very bad shape mm. can you help and because she cannot she is totally broke she doesn't have anything and uh, she is really important to me mm. so immediately I said without even thinking yes of course no problem and I I, I that, that the girl from South America I saw that she registered she booked a, a place mm-hmm. and because now I the schedule is full like three weeks ahead mm. then after she booked then she wrote to me a private message if it is possible to make it earlier because she is so she's in such a bad shape mm-hmm. so i sent her a, a, a link to my calendar that she can book whenever she wants
2: yeah
1: a- and only in the morning when it's my free time for my own practices mm-hmm and I met her and we talked for 1 hour and I saw her eyes when she finished after 1 hour she told me wow you brought hope back to my life mm. and that means so much to me and so I I think that I really love what I am doing because I would do it I would do it anyway mm-hmm. I did do it uh, donation based now I need to take money because Life demands this, Um, but I feel that I am that I was born to this. And what makes me joyful is that, in like so many times, people come with huge problems, and in the moment we make there a shift. Usually it happens in the first meeting. They yeah. make a shift because they, wow, look at this. We can get out of this. Mm. So suddenly they are filled with hope. And this is a, it's a pleasure yeah. to be a part of it.
0: Oh, I love that. What are, some, what are some things that you have taken away from your experiences being a monk that you're now bringing into your own life? Like just for you, not your clients, but like for you.
1: So appreciating my time alone, mm. being able to hear other people who has opinions without judging, mm-hmm. and being able to give space to people, mm. and uh, this is what is one of my biggest of hobbies. That brings me joy. That uh, I meet people. And what I hear the most is, wow, you, I, f- <laughs> I, went to the f- I went to one photographer here in Cambodia mm-hmm. to make a photo shooting for the new website and he told me, wow, the price is this. I told him, oh, this is a huge price. I'm not sure I can it, give it. Mm-hmm. So we talked. And then after 15 to 20 minutes, he, start, he looked at me and he started crying, telling me, listen, You are the only, you are the second person in this world that I'm going to tell what I'm going to say to you. Mm -hmm. And then he told me about his difficulties in life. And he told me, listen, I never felt so close to somebody in such a short amount of time. I feel that you don't judge me, that you totally accept me. And I hear it a lot. And so he told me, okay, I, I will not charge you. To make profit just to pay for my employees. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he decided to give me all the pictures for free.
2: Oh. Even though
1: there were like five people involved yeah. in this process. Wow. So, what I love is actually being with people and seeing people as people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. Love that. Love that. Would you. Three words to describe. Your 10-year monkhood.
1: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay, maybe a... Suffering to curiosity.
0: Mm. Yes. Mm. It sounds like a cocoon.
1: What does it mean, a cocoon?
0: Cocoon, so butterflies, Ah, right? When they... Before they the caterpillar comes into this state of it goes into cocoons are actually so educating the people. Cocoons are actually for I believe it's moths, right? Butterflies go into a chrysalis. They the the caterpillar goes into this stage of a chrysalis where everything it's dark in there. It's 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 like this big little thing that hangs from a tree and the caterpillar pretty much has to die in there to be reborn as a butterfly. Mm. So before it becomes a butterfly, it goes into the chrysalis and it like does this transformation thing from a caterpillar and then becomes a butterfly. Mm. And just hearing you and thinking like in my head, I'm a I'm a visual person, right? So I like I have to see see the depths of things, but it it sounds like. It sounds like your chrysalis, right. It sounds like that space you need to go into to really transform right, and that 's a scary space for people right and it doesn't have to necessarily be becoming a monk or yeah. doing yoga right it's It's allowing us to go into the cave of darkness to really transform into the version of us that we were created to be, right? So really, really having awareness of those traumas, really having awareness of the depression, the anxiety, right? And something just kind of like ticking at you and saying, I can't do this anymore. This is not enough for me anymore. There has to be something else. I'm tired of having suicidal ideations. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of being anxious, right? I don't know what's on the other side, but I'm willing to go into the darkness of the unknown and see what comes out. Mm. And I'm so glad I'm meeting you on this side also, like not also, but you know what I'm saying? Like I'm 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 grateful to meet you on this side because you're a healer. Welcome to the club. <laughs> 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 Welcome. Um Because of your vulnerability and being able to relate to people past religion, past the garb, right? Like just thinking about the story you just shared about, you know, the Muslim person coming to you and you're wearing your garb. They're wearing their garb. Like we all have a garb that we wear to signify whatever royalty, righteousness, whatever that is for us, right? In that domain. But the choice to stay human... The choice to honor and be aware of your shortcomings and your your traumas and those dark those dark places for you right and allow that to be how you connect with people that's a powerful place that's a very powerful place i've been saying to myself or hearing to my hearing it play in myself i have a way of connecting with people when it comes to trauma and grief Mm. right even with like lands right just being here in cambodia i've noticed a great deal of connection to whatever their their trauma is that nobody wants to talk about for some reason right and it's it's hard to accept that right because people will come and just like talk to you Mm. right and tell you all of these things and but you but you allow yourself to really hold that space for them, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. you know what it feels like. Yeah. You know what it feels like to <laughs> experience grief, experience all of these things. So, I'm honored yeah. to meet you Me and, and share space with you, like, in energy, all of that. Because um, it's hard to, to, to recognize that for yourself and then be around people who don't recognize it within themselves or don't tap in yeah. that deep right so when we have conversation we're able to go back and forth and have that that banter and you know still come into what like talk for hours and days right mm. Mm, I love it so what's next for you well here's the thing what made you finally decide to come out of monkhood that's the word now <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: I think when I started feeling that uh, I am not enjoying anymore mm. the 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 active some activities that are not connected to healing, mm. other people, to come in touch with other people, mm. and when I felt that, then I thought, okay, maybe it's time for me to to try something else. Now. I, one of my friends told me, yeah, you can always go back to become a monk, and that is true. You mm-hmm. can always go back to become a monk. I, I like that life. Uh, it gave me a lot, and for now, I'm choosing something different. Yeah. So that was the reason when I realized that okay, something here is not calling my name anymore mm. i'm not being attracted to this anymore to some stuff Oof. and also i th- i realized that the healing process mm. lasts i mean you this is the entire life yeah. so i can i or can i not use what i have learned here in other uh, in other, how do you call it? Other, okay, in other places mm-hmm. outside of the monk with mm-hmm. and can I help other people uh, better, more? And so you know, each person who makes decision in his life take uh, his t- take his own uh, considerations and values and put them all together and then make a decision. So my decision was that I would like to try to to use my time in the service of people, mm-hmm. of humanity and to share what I have and, mm. and to try to live outside of the mind. I never, also never had uh, this desire mm-hmm. to be a monk forever
0: right.
1: and so my aim was different, mm-hmm. was to learn something that can help me to help others later on remember what happened when I gave the prayer before I went to sleep, mm-hmm. that I would like to help others if I'll find a way. So I feel that I'm acting according to what uh, I was uh, asking and then receiving. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. this. And all options are open now all options are
0: open you have a lot of different avenues and spaces and channels and all kinds of like spaces that you can end up in which is beautiful because you have such a variety of um gifting to be able to bring to many different spaces right no matter what the people look like um what's next for you
1: so uh, now we are building this new website Mm -hmm. Uh, through which uh, there will be like these group meetings teaching meditation as I've said before this Mm -hmm. will be a donation base so Mm -hmm. everybody are welcome obviously Uh, whether you can afford or not can afford doesn't matter come to study with joy Mm -hmm. it's a precious uh, thing to start to learn and to use in order to make ourselves happier and less stressful in life and then also creating this uh, one-on-one therapy a couple therapy, and in the near future also to start giving lectures in, uh, in companies and in uh, hotels, mm. um, to spread this knowledge, um, and then courses, creating courses, and these courses will be, not only, on meditation but also how, to, uh, be aware. Of ways of thinking that, does, that do not uh, serve us anymore mm, and no. how to change them mm-hmm. and then another other course is about right communication or communication skills yeah because many times especially with the people closest to us we want to transmit them one message and they understand a totally different thing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, we are not being taught how to communicate in a way that will bring us closer together mm. even in a fight even in a disagreement mm-hmm. so this will be another topic um, another course and um, then later on retreats so <laughs> everything which is related to increasing our potential yeah. our emotional our spiritual uh, realms to become brighter and shinier than before yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that so much. Brighter <laughs> and shinier than before. Mm. And Don, thank you so much for doing oh, this. Oh, thank you very this much is, for inviting me. Yeah, such a fun conversation. Such a fun conversation. And we will be right back. Don and I could like sit for hours and talk. um... It was already an hour-long conversation that we had. Um, but like I said, we had talked for a while that day before we hit record. And even just in the time that I... Between, like, the day I met him up until, like, every time we would be in the same space. Just just really good conversation. Um, I'm grateful for him sharing just the journey coming into becoming a monk, right? And it's, it seems to be like a common thread of the people that I meet um, or that I've met here in Semri that are either like coming here to stay or passing through, right? They're on this, this journey um, traveling and decided to just say, you know what? I don't like where I'm at. I don't like what I'm feeling. Something does not feel enough. Um, And even the prayer that he said, he prayed, my God, right? That prayer of like, God help me, like desperation, having those, those thoughts that come in. And it's just like, I can't like do this anymore. Like take me or change me, right? Um, I know a lot of us have prayed that prayer. I've prayed that prayer where it's like, God, I'm done. Like I can't do this anymore and go to sleep. And by his grace, whew, by his grace, you wake up the next morning and something shifts, something happens where you now can see something different or within yourself, right? That there's 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 something out there for you there's something better than where you are right um there's something that is calling you away from what you believe to be your truth in that present moment right depression doesn't have to be your truth anxiety doesn't have to be your truth fear doesn't have to be your truth right but both and there's like, we have to make the choice and the decision to say, I don't want this to be my truth anymore. And Adan did that. Um, He went into the unknown and really allowed himself to engage in those practices. Right. Even though the first, like he said, the first few years were hard, right? Because new beginnings are hard. New beginnings are hard when you're shifting into something that you haven't seen anybody else do, it can be hard. Um, there's no blueprint, no manual, and you're tr- you're trying to figure it out on your own, right? And it's really not figure it out, figure you out. What is your you? Who who is you? What is your thing? What is your passion? What are you meant to be doing? Um, man, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm, So blessed by that conversation. So blessed. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it. Adon is amazing. Super sweet. There's some future collaborations um, in the works that we've talked about, which is, you know, exciting for me and my little travel bug. So, yeah, yeah. I hope this blessed y'all. I hope. It has awakened something within you. Um, of course, not to become a monk because that's not something that is for everybody. Um, there's a lot of solitude that comes with that. Um, a, a, a different version of solitude, let me say. The goal is to awaken to awakening, right? Saying yes to awakening to you and your truth, and that's what he did. He went into the unknown, um, the unknownness that is called becoming a, a monk. Um, I I kept calling it monkhood, right? But that was his unknown, and that was his bridge for the last ten years that brought him on the other side of realizing he loved to help people right and the one thing that we could all relate on is emotions and feelings um outside of religion outside of the color of our skin all of that like we all we all can say that we felt depressed we all can remember a time where we laughed really hard we all can remember what joy feels like we all can remember those things that make us happy we all can remember what sadness feels like right so Yeah. Yeah. This was beautiful. I love all of you for free until next time.